You're now listening to Adulting with Vicky. It's a coming-of-age podcast about millennials navigating adulthood. I'll talk about anything from life after college to bridging generational gaps, social media, and most importantly, being your best self. Join me, Vicky Wynn, as I figure out how to be an adult. Hey guys, and welcome back to Adulting with Vicky. I think we can all agree that one of the biggest moves you can make in your adulthood is moving out of your parents' place. And of course, we all have different circumstances that affect when we can do that, but it is possible. What's harder than moving out of your parents' house? Well, deciding to move across the country. So today, I'm joined by Kara Schwartz, who has done just that, and I'm going to find out how she did it. So hey, Kara, welcome to the show. Hey, Vicki. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, of course. I mean, when you reached out to me and told me about your story, I felt like you kind of combined all of these big adult moves and decided to do it all at once. So to give you guys a little bit of background, Kara is from New Jersey and she moved across the country to San Francisco. But not only that, she also moved in with a significant other and changed her job. So Kara, before we get into the details of that, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, of course. So I am a New Jersey native, born and raised on the Jersey Shore, which is a lot of fun, but is not what's depicted on TV. So I grew up in a small town, a small beach town with my family, and it's been great. Went to college out in New Jersey, you know, born and raised did everything. All of my family is back out there. And I actually went abroad and during college and met some really great friends. That's actually how I met my boyfriend and he is born and raised in the Bay Area. So we were dating long distance and I decided to move over here, which has been such a big transition. In my spare time, you know, besides working and figuring out what I'm doing in my adult life, I like to exercise. So I like to weight lift and just try new things. I have danced all my life. So I'm a dancer. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, it's really cool. So it's, I have to find a new place to take classes and drop in. But other than that, I just like to try new foods and travel. I've traveled, you know, in family vacations all up and down the East Coast. So I'm really trying to take that opportunity being over here in California and explore the West Coast a little bit, find out what's going on in the North part of California and the Southern part. And it's all so new to me. So that's a little bit of just what I do and take everything day to day and just figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're in the perfect place to kind of figure it out because you're currently living in San Francisco right now, right? So you are in the hub of so many different cultures, so much different food. And I feel like it's a destination that a lot of people travel to. But for someone like yourself who's traveled around the East Coast, I think you being in San Francisco now, you get to kind of somewhat play tourist, but <laughs> be a resident at the same time. So a little bit about you and your boyfriend. So when you're making this decision, what were all the things that were weighing into it? So there was a lot that was going into it. We were long distance for a year before I moved over to San Francisco. Um, we have been, we've known each other for about four years now. So I always knew that I wanted to move to California. Um, it's been a dream of mine since I could remember. And when we started to get serious about 
next steps in the relationship and where he wanted to go. We were tossing up between me moving out here and him moving to New York, New Jersey. And as much as that would have been great, my heart was just set on moving to California. So that I think that was the biggest thing is understanding, okay, I'm going to make the move. Though it was nice to hear him, you know, say he was looking at places, looking at opportunities um, to transfer within his company, but I knew I was going to come over here. There were a lot of steps and I don't think I took them in a conventional way, <laughs> but there are so many things that had gone uh, that I've gone through and figured out to get here. So I was, you know, trying to decide, do I live with him? He has um, two roommates. Do I just come in? Do I find my own place? You know, do I go on Craigslist? How do I do this? This was also new to me. All I've done was live with my parents, go off to college and come back. So it wasn't so much hard work that was being done to find a place to live. I've been visiting San Francisco since 2015. So I was still playing tourists at those times and not really understanding which neighborhoods were best. So that was a big struggle for me. I would find something that would be a little on the more affordable side for living, mm -hmm. but it would be located in the Tenderloin. And I figured that <laughs> out really quickly. Yeah. Oh my God. I've heard a lot of horror stories about people who live in the Tenderloin area, just with a lot of crime and just all the noise. I mean, it's crazy out there. So what area did you end up settling on? I actually just ended up moving in with him, which is a huge decision. Oh, and okay. we live, yeah, and we live in the Excelsior area. So it's on the border of Daly City. Mm -hmm. So the only bad, the only downside to that is the fog rolls in very heavy in this area. Oh, but other than yeah. that, it's a really great area. There's so much to do. There's a lot of parks. It's super close to all types of public transportation. And there are so many different restaurants, which I love because I'm a big foodie. So it's actually a great location. It's awesome. I mean, what you said about you didn't do this before, you know, you went off to college mm -hmm. and before and after that you lived with your parents. And so how did you even financially get ready for this step? Because San Francisco and Daly City, just, I mean, the Bay Area in general, but even more in San Francisco, it's just crazy expensive. And I think it's something that we realize when you move out, you have to think about financial independence and financial stability. And so what were some of the things that you did to get ready for this big move? There are definitely things I look back on now thinking that I could have done better. And I think that happens all the time. I was 23 when I moved out. So I think in my mind, that was my goal. I always wanted to move out of my parents' house at 23. Now that I think about it in the, in the past and at the time, I could have stayed a little longer and or have done things a little more differently just so that way it was done in the best way possible to have all of the financials figured out. But I think that's great because it's a learning experience. Now I can move forward from it. Some of the big things were just saving money and cutting down costs that didn't need to be, you know, spent on. So for example, I'm not a big go outer any longer. <laughs> and, you know, finding out that, okay, I don't need to be going out to dinners. I don't need to be going out every Friday, Saturday night with my friends, I can cut some of this stuff out because I'm making such a life change. Mm -hmm. So I can cut some of those extra costs out. I have, I don't know how to say this, but <laughs> I, I love to shop. Oh, girl, <laughs> so, me too. 
<laughs> that's such a problem. Shopaholic. So that was another thing that all my girlfriends have been telling me and my boyfriend and my parents were saying, you need to cut some of this cost down. Even now I try to do that because it's not, it's not necessary. Uh, so I had to understand, okay, I don't need to, I don't need to go to the mall. I don't need to buy that blouse. I don't need those shoes. It's not a, you know, a necessity right now. Yeah. It's like, when the season stops, it's like, oh, it's summer, so I need sandals, right? So I guess right. I'm going to go and buy it. Yeah, no, I <laughs> totally get you. I mean, it's a huge struggle. And when you moved to San Francisco, did you get all into the big brands in San Francisco that are kind of specific, like Auburn's or Everlane and stuff like that? No, and I think that's a good thing. I still follow all of them on social media, and I come from a marketing background, so I I like to appreciate what they do in advertising and then the way that they structure their business. But I've done really well in not actually going in and buying their product. I still haven't bought anything Lululemon. And I think <laughs> people think I'm crazy, but I just don't feel it's necessary. And that yoga pants need to be over $100. So that's just me. But there are little things that I'm starting to understand that will work for me. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other huge things that was a financial step for me was deciding if I needed my car out here. I knew that parking was atrocious oh, yeah. and, and it wasn't necessary with the job that I had because I can commute through public transportation. And mm -hmm. if I really needed to take an Uber, I can. So something that I was debating and juggling between, do I keep it? Do I not keep it? Do I sell it? What do I do? So luckily my father had agreed to take the car in and he was going to be on, you know, you know, have his name on it as well. And we can keep it home in case my siblings need to use it or whatnot, because I had paid for the car. So that was something that was really great. That took a, a big weight off of my shoulders. Yeah, I mean, that's really good because I've been to New Jersey a couple times, but only for short layovers or if I landed there or something. But what's mm -hmm. the public transportation there like? I'm just curious compared it to San Francisco. It is nothing like San Francisco. So wow. it is, it is so much more like the East Bay where, mm -hmm. um, we don't have a BART mm -hmm. that runs through. We just have, um, New Jersey Transit, which I think would be similar to Caltrain. It's just a train that goes all the way down from the shore all the way up to New York or there's some that go from Pennsylvania to like Trenton, Princeton area. So those are the bigger types of transportation. There's also different types of buses that go through New York and North Jersey. But for me, being in, in the center of New Jersey, the biggest thing for public transportation would be Jersey Transit. So that would be your regular railroad train. Other than that, you have to drive. You can't really Uber anywhere unless where I used to work. Mm -hmm. It was and where I went to school. It's an hour out west. So the only way to get there would be driving. So it's it was very different for me because I went from living in a residential suburban area to living in a city, uh, you know, a huge metropolitan area. I visited New York. I visited Pennsylvania and, and you know, Philadelphia, but I've never lived in a city. So that was something that was huge to me. And I knew that whenever I lived in the city, I wasn't going to need a car unless of course, right outside the city, but I knew I didn't need it. Honestly, I feel like one of the best ways to get to know any city, in my opinion, is just to take public transportation if it's something that the city is, if it's dependable. <laughs> and so, you know, being able to hop on BART and go to a completely different neighborhood of San Francisco is great. And I mean, and that's only one thing that you had to adjust to, I'm guessing. 
Yeah, that was a huge thing. I never really took public transportation that much when I was home. But when I came over here and I would be visiting, that's all I did. I'd be hopping on bars. Sometimes I would take Ubers if I just wasn't familiar with the areas yet, just so I knew. And most of the time, I would just would get lost in different neighborhoods. And I found out, you know, different scenery, different places, different parks. And I loved it. Wait, question for you. This is just because I am so mm-hmm. curious. But so from living in a residential area to taking public transportation on BART, did you encounter any really odd people or horror story things? Because I, because I used to take, I used to take BART daily and I, I've seen some really crazy things and I know some of my friends have too. So the first time you encountered something scary, what was it and how did you react? I had a homeless man and come up to me and I was sitting in the bus and there was a bunch of seats open next to me. They sat down right next to me. There was a iPhone charger that fell on the floor. So I think he was doing a good deed asking if it was mine. It wasn't. And he sat next to me. What happened was he got a little too close and in my personal bubble you could just tell that he maybe wanted to talk to somebody mm-hmm. and that something was off, but I didn't want to alarm him or um, make him feel uncomfortable because I could tell he was just trying to talk to somebody. Yeah. But at that point he was getting very close. His arm was around the seat and it would just, I just was in shock and I didn't sit, say anything. I just sat there very still. He shooed people away from me. So it's very, very frightening uh. what's going to happen next. He was gripping onto this pen and I didn't know if I moved, if he would try to jump or anything. So I didn't want to alarm him. So I just sat there oh my very quiet and still. And luckily he got off not too long after, but it was just, oh it, it made me feel really uncomfortable. And I, you know, he was just definitely not in a great mental state. Yeah. And I didn't want to offend him or get up and move because I didn't know how he would react. And I, you could tell that he just wanted somebody to talk to, it just wasn't the best case scenario so i've seen some some very interesting things on bar i've seen too many things on (laughs) bar for people and uh so that i always keep my eyes peeled i never have my headphones in i always have you know my eyes peeled for whatever's gonna happen because you never know that's good i mean i used to do that well i did that whenever i used to commute at like 5 30 in the morning or 6 in the morning Mm -hmm. but eventually i got so tired that i was kind of just like i'm gonna close my eyes and hope for the best but i'm gonna sit next (laughs) to a person who seems pretty friendly (laughs) and hopefully we'll stay on here pretty long yeah but yeah in the on the other hand i've sat next to some people that are so adorable and I sat next to this one woman in particular and I think it was funny in the scenario where you have all these different people of all ages on their phones glued to their phones not one person maybe a few were without it I sat down next to her and I pulled out a hardcover book and she was reading the newspaper she was an older woman and she turned to me and said, I am sorry to interrupt, but it's so nice to see a young person reading a book. And it just Aww. made my day. And we started talking. I said, you know, I, I can't get behind reading on like a Kindle or something. It's just not for me. I get car sick, I, you know, but I can read a book. It's so odd. So we were having this great conversation. And 
you know, it, it sparked such a good conversation between the two of us yeah. and it was such a great BART ride. So there's things that balance out the good and the bad by taking the public transportation, but that is a memory that I'll have that really touched me in a way. Yeah. I mean, that's so sweet. Like you, you really do meet the best people in ways that you least expect. Right. I mean, like when you were moving to San Francisco, did you have any of those where it's kind of like a meet cute, but with a friend? <laughs> There is a few, very few. And that's something that I definitely wanted to talk about was how difficult it is to meet people as an adult. But there have been a few. And as I get older, I find it's quality over quantity. I have some really great girlfriends back home. And there is a core group of us. And I love them to death. But moving out here, I've noticed that I have a handful of really great friends that I've met. And there were, I went to an event, I went to a networking event so I could build my professional network out here. Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous. It was my very first event, the first week I moved out here. And it was for, it was for women. It was a women's event. And I walk in there very nervous and didn't know what to expect. And, you know, my boyfriend had come along for moral support. How come? Why not? It's a networking event. I'm sure I can meet people too like, okay, well, now I feel silly. I'm that girl who brought her boyfriend because I don't have any friends. And I actually sat down. I picked a random row of seats and sat down. And the two girls that sat, one in front of me and one behind me, we all started chatting. And it just, three of us had just moved from across the country to live with our boyfriends and start a new job. And to this day, we're all still friends. Wait, you guys all were moving at the same time for the the same same reasons. Yes. And I never, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I'm, you know, I'm such a weirdo. I, no one's going to think this is fun or like cool or whatever. And I'm going to meet nobody. And then the the two girls, one moved from the East Coast as well, and one moved from Asia. And I thought, thought it was so neat that three of us had such similar stories. You know, whether their boyfriend lived out here or got jobs out too, so they were moving with them for new opportunities. It was so... Once I let my guard down, it was so easy to find people that were experiencing things just like I was. And it was, you know, to this day, we created a bond that, you know, we can relate each other and we're still great friends now a year later. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so unique to you guys. So of course you're going to bond over it. And then I'm sure even then, since you guys have such similar circumstances that as you guys are living with your boyfriends, you're able to kind of go to each other for support, you know, like, I mean, you have your old, you have your go-tos from home, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to physically sit down with somebody and maybe vent or veg out or something. And so, I mean, did you guys actually go to each other for a lot of support when you're adjusting to your new jobs or adjusting to um, living with your significant others? Yeah, definitely. So one of the girls and I are very, very close and we talk pretty frequently. And I remember us chatting pretty early on just about her fears and she was starting out new on her job. I, you know, she was starting a journey. I was just starting a new chapter with the same company. So it was, mm-hmm. it was nice to, to talk about some of the challenges we were facing that were similar situations, but very different. We both were living with our significant others. And that was something that we really bonded on. We talk about so many different things. And it's great because our relationship has really blossomed. And we go to each other for different events that are coming up. She works with a nonprofit that um, supports 
a topic I'm very passionate about, the mental health nonprofit. So she's always luring me in to brainstorm and see how to market. So it's really been a great, a great way to chat because not only can we talk about stress, you know, stressors for us that was, you know, moving out here, starting a new job, living with each other's significant others, but also we're just, you know, snowballing off of all of that and creating a relationship while being out here and taking those challenges and just really turning them into successes in different ways. So there have been so many times where, yeah, we were constantly going to each other because we knew one, you know, each of us were going through the same thing. So it was a lot easier Mm -hmm. and it gave us, it gave us space away from our significant others so that we're not putting all the pressure on them. You know, they're trying their best to make us feel, you know, accommodated and welcomed and, you know, but it was nice to have each other to, to bounce off and, you know, have someone that can actually know what you're feeling. Kind of going back on living with your significant others, what were some of the things that were really great at, or are <laughs> really great about it? <laughs> and then, you know, what are some of the things that you had to learn to adjust from? Cause prior to that, your roommates were your parents and now it's your boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah. And hey, there are great ups and downs to living with your parents. So, you know, it's nice to finally, you know, flee the nest. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also great to have that next chapter in life. I think for for me, speaking personally, it's been great to be with my boyfriend and living in the same household rather than being 3000 miles away. So it is unconventional. A lot of people would just live in the same state or live in the same city, but we went from living long distance Mm -hmm. to living together. So I appreciate that because I think that's what we needed rather than seeing each other every three months. Mm -hmm. And now we can see each other. Yeah, it was, it was difficult, but we made it work. So here we see each other every day and we're, we were really great friends before we started dating. So I think that has, you know, laid the foundation for where we're at now. And it's great to have a partner. Um, I really like to do silly household things with my, you know, with my boyfriend, like going food shopping and going, you know, going to the farmer's market. I like to have someone there, you know, with me that, can enjoy those things with me and know that it makes me happy. I love to cook. So it's, you know, I like to do that and have, you know, be able to cook for somebody else. I, I really enjoy that. I think that having that partner and, you know, coming home, knowing that someone is going to be around, whether it's just to listen or to help you out if you've had a bad day, mm-hmm. I think that's been really great. And for me, you know, we're sharing so many experiences. We've been traveling a lot. So I think it's great for us when we go and travel and we can come back home and we can reflect on it and we can bring our souvenirs in and decorate our room and our house. I think that's another really great thing. That's, you know, some it's just different. And there's so many great things. And then there are some things that are a little tougher. So some things that I, for myself, that was a little tough was knowing that everybody has a different way of living. For me, (laughs) for me, I would, my parents make fun of me all the time. I am very particular and very OCD and how things are. I'm a neat freak and things are done certain ways. So I have, I still do learn that not everybody is like me. You know, the laundry is not always going to be did as soon as it's done and done at this time and you know the the bed not always going to be made but that's okay it's not the end of the world another thing would be like dishes (laughs) everyone says they fight over it but like I said I like a clean kitchen 
And I think it's a good thing that my boyfriend, even my roommates, you know, will sit back and you don't need to eat. And once you're done, you need to immediately wash your plate. You can relax. And that's what you're there to do. You're, you eat, you have conversation, you laugh. And then once you're really done, you know, having that time, you can go ahead, you know, clean the dishes, dishwasher, you know, do the dishes later. It's no big deal. So for me, that was, and it still is sometimes something that's been a, like a learning curve for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, but honestly, I also feel like it's when you reflect on it, um, in kind of like the bigger picture, it's super helpful because you kind of learn to somewhat ease the reins on some of your habits. So it's Mm -hmm. like you kind of learn to like let go and live on and realize that, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like you said, it's okay. And I think, you know, by living with other people and learning slash accepting that they live differently, it's a really good way Mm -hmm. of gaining understanding and also just kind of easing up in other ways outside of just household chores. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because you know, at the end of the day, there's four of us, there's two couples in this house. So you need to be respectful of everybody's time and space and the way that they're living and what's going on. So I know that if my roommates have an important conversation to be had either in person or over the phone with me or somebody else, I need to respect that. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's time to take a step outside or stay in my room and, you know, listen to music. Or if, I want to spend time with my boyfriend and we want to watch a movie and stay home just to communicate that. So the biggest thing for me, not only living with my boyfriend, but also my two new roommates were the communication. I talk a certain way in the sense like, you know, I'm very emotional and I can't throw all of my emotions at people. I need to realize that a lot of things are, you know, they need to be communicated. Sometimes I hold a lot of things back. So I need to realize, hey, this is nothing that's scary to talk about. If I'm asking, hey, can you help me out with this? Hey, I can't take out the rush. Something so little like that yeah. be resolved in just communication or saying, hey, I want to, you know, cook dinner for my boyfriend tonight. I haven't seen him, you know, in a while. Our work schedule has been crazy. Can we have that time? It's not the end of the world. And even if it's just, you know, we want to talk about you know, whatever we want to talk about. We all want to hang out. We're all friends. Yeah. I think that has been a really good thing too, saying let's all do something. Let's all go to Dolores Park or let's all go to, you know, wherever we want to go, the movies. So I think that has been really great because it has helped me as I'm bonding with my roommates and my boyfriend, just creating those friendships and having more people to talk to and, you know, become friends with. So that way it eases my living arrangements as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure as you get closer to your roommates, San Francisco becomes your home away from home and then they become like a second family in some way. You're being vulnerable to them, letting them know when you need something, when you're not in a good place or being able to speak your mind and say what you want to do. Yeah, no, it's been it actually has been really great because you have some people, you know, when you think of college or Mm whatever is on media that have some horror stories of roommates. And it's been really lucky for me that I have come into this living space with such great people. And they are very inclusive. You know, their families have welcomed me in as, you know, my boyfriend's girlfriend, they, he, they've been, you know, they've all known each other since middle school. So they've really welcomed me in like another part of the family. 
So I really couldn't have asked for a better setup. And it really does make me appreciate who I have in my life and the scenario that I'm in because moving away from home was hard. And the fact that my roommates and even their families try to do what they can to make me feel welcomed and part of their family has been so great. And I, I'm so grateful for that because it just really, it, it really makes me feel welcomed and that I'm not alone and they're, they're here. They're really here for me. And, you know, I can, I can be there for them. I mean, I think that's amazing to kind of just to wrap up this episode. How can people keep up with you and get to know you and, you know, stay up to date. So I'm all on Instagram and you can find me at Kara underscore May with two Y. So it's K A R A underscore M A Y Y. Um, I will be rolling out my blog really soon and I'll just make that announcement through Instagram. And then if anyone's also interested in following me or, you know, what I do on Supergirls, that Instagram is at Supergirls Club. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Kara. I really enjoyed hearing more about your story with your move and living with your significant other and kind of all the things that come with the mix. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really had a great time. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. All right, guys. So tune in next week to Adulting with Vicky and we'll pick up where we left off. As always, thank you for tuning in to Adulting with Vicky. I'm continually working hard to improve the show. So if you have any feedback or topic ideas or want advice on anything, you can get in contact with me online at victoriadnguyen.com or hello.victoriadnguyen at gmail.com. Audio engineering by Rogelio Arenador. Intro remix courtesy of Shadow. Find him on Instagram as lshadow. That's E-L-S-H-D-W. You can also keep up with me via Instagram. My handle is VictoriaDNguyen underscore. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you have a minute, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and write a review for the show. Thank you so much again, guys. I'll talk to you next week.